Good morning, everybody. Welcome. If you're out in the hall, make your way in. We're about to get started. In case you haven't noticed, we have kids up here today. Today we are taking over the adult church and GKD, Grace Kids Discovery, will be leading you today so that you can get a little taste of what we do in our service downstairs. Now it'll look pretty similar to you guys. We have worship time, we have a teaching, we have altar time where we pray and seek God. We have offering and announcements just like you guys. So it'll feel familiar, but you'll see some younger faces up here. I'm pretty excited about it today. I hope you are as well. I forgot to say who I am. <laughs> My name's Julie Durston. I'm the children's pastor here at Grace. It is an honor to serve your kids. So thank you for bringing them here to be with me so I can invest in their lives. Today we are going to do a brief lesson like I would do with the kids downstairs so you can get a little flavor of what we do down there. Our main focus today is that God redeems. And you've probably heard that before, but we're going to talk about that today. God redeems. And to redeem means to buy something back or to make something good that was bad. Um, what we teach our kids downstairs is that in the Bible, every single story, every single book of the Bible, whether Old Testament or New Testament, then coupled with our lives today, is a part of the grand narrative of God's redemption. Every story has a piece of that. No stories are to be left out of that. It's a big, huge picture, and we have a timeline that we show the kids so they can pick out where are we on the big God story. Well, today we're going to start way at the beginning of the big God story. We're going to be in Genesis for a little bit here. Genesis actually means origin. And so at the very beginning of the world, you're probably familiar with this story, we see that everything is perfect. God creates, he creates, everything is good, good, good. The sixth day he goes, hmm, got something special for this day. And he creates humans in his image. What an honor to be created in the image of God. Everything's perfect. They walk, they talk with God. Everything is grand until, you guys know, right? You know what's coming. Something happens. And I actually need a little help with the something that happens. So I need five volunteers to come on up, and you're going to be part of a skit to show us what happened in the garden. Come on, adults. I know these kids are willing. I want some adults. Okay, I see you, Jacob. I see you, Pastor Mark. Mm-hmm. Come on. Oh, I see you, Scott. Look at this. Who else? Come on, Tracy. Who else? Mariah. Good, good, good. All right. <laughs> See, they're ready. Get a mic. Good, good, good. Right over there, you're going to grab your sign to put on so we know who you are. We have one lady. Let her be Eve. Grab your scripts, please. And we will see what happens. <laughs> this is sometimes like kids' church. You just never know what's going to happen. It's great. <laughs> All right, you guys can move forward a little. I'm going to move my thing back so you can be front and center. Here we go, here we go. Okay, so we have God, we have Adam and Eve, our storyteller. We'll have you go right up front, kind of over there. Oh, mm -mm. Oh boy, we got the serpent. Mm -hmm. We know what's going to happen there, don't we? Okay, you guys ready? Action. 
That's you, Mr. Scott. It's not highlighted. <laughs> oh, One I'm sorry. Day. I'm sorry. I'll start you. One day, Satan, in the form of a serpent, came to talk with Eve. If you'd like to follow along, we are in Genesis 3. The serpent said. The serpent said. Did God really say you must not eat from the tree of the garden, in the garden? We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. The serpent lied to Eve. <gasps> you will not certainly die, for God knows that when you eat from, from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing God and evil. Eve might have stood there looking at the tree for a moment. The fruit looked really good, and she was curious as to what it would taste like. <laughs> I lost my place. <laughs> then she made a choice because she believed the lie told her by the serpent. She took a piece of fruit from the tree and bit into it. Then she gave it to her husband, Adam, and he also <laughs> took a bite. Is this safe, Eve? We're not going to ruin humanity or anything? <laughs> Once Adam and Eve ate from the tree, they realized that they were not clothed. That's why the tree was named the tree of knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> they now knew things they hadn't known before. And their innocence was gone. For the first time, they felt shame. Adam and Eve quickly gathered leaves to cover their bodies. Soon after, they heard footsteps. It was God, the Lord God, called to the man. Adam? Eve? Where are you? Um, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because we had no clothes. Who told, so I hid. <laughs> Who told you you had no clothes? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? It was the woman. It was the woman. <laughs> she, <laughs> she gave me some fruit and so I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The serpent deceived me and I ate. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, Adam and Eve ate the fruit. Sin entered the world. What is sin? Sin is when we disobey God and turn away from him. God is holy. He is perfect and without sin. Sin broke the perfect relationship that God shared with Adam and Eve. They were the first people to face the very serious consequences of sin. Because their relationship with God was broken, they had to leave the garden. Because of their sin, they would die someday. All people who came after Adam and Eve have these same consequences. Mm -hmm. Not good, huh? But let's give it up for our actors. They did a nice job. They did a fabulous job reenacting for us, I'm sure quite accurately, what happened in the garden. So there we see at the beginning of time, right, the original lie. You don't need to listen to God. You don't need him. You can do it on your own. You can be your own God. 
That's the original lie. Unfortunately, we still deal with that today, don't we? Some of us are pretty self-reliant. Maybe I'm the only one. But some of us think, oh, I've been here before. I can do this. I can handle it. But we really can't. So just as we see the fall happen, sin enters the world, right as that wound is inflicted, not long after is the remedy revealed. God says, don't worry. I will send a redeemer who will pay the penalty for the sin of all mankind. And the redeemer, I hope you know, is Jesus. So I want to take a moment to compare and contrast two stories. What we just saw in the garden, the temptation in the garden, with Jesus' temptation in the desert. So if we look in Matthew, we see that Jesus was water baptized, and then he heads out into the desert where he's tempted by the enemy pretty harshly, just like Eve was. I'm going to read it to you from the Jesus Storybook Bible. If you don't have one of these, I will give you one. They are amazing. I love how it says it. Here we go. After Jesus was baptized, he went straight out into the desert. That might seem like an odd place to go because, as you know, deserts are very hot. There isn't any food or water or places to stay. But Jesus needed to get away by himself to somewhere quiet and lonely. He needed to be with his heavenly Father to get ready for his new life. In the desert, Jesus thought about the secret rescue plan that he had made with God. Before the foundation of the world, they both knew what would have to happen. To rescue God's children, Jesus would have to die. There was no other way. It was the reason he had come. Now that old enemy, the one who had spoken through the snake to Adam and Eve back in the garden, remember him? He didn't want Jesus to rescue God's people, so he lied to Jesus. Are you really God's own son, he whispered. Poor you. God must not love you. You don't need to die. Do it my way and no, Jesus said to the liar. I will do what God says. From that moment on, nothing would ever be the same. Jesus wasn't like Adam. Jesus was a new kind of man. He would not believe the terrible lie that the enemy spoke. Jesus knew God loved him. And he would trust God no matter what. It was just as God had promised Adam and Eve all those years before. Jesus had come to do battle against the snake's work. He would get rid of sin and darkness and the tears. And he would suffer, but he would win. Doesn't that make you feel good? That Jesus did not fail like humanity did. Both were tempted. We saw it in the garden. We see it in the desert. But Jesus lived a perfect life. And he was able to resist the devil and say, no way. I've got a plan. And I'm going to carry it through. You see, no matter how good we are, no matter how hard we try, we can't take care of our own sin. It is impossible. We can't be perfect to have union with God again. Jesus is the only way. He lived the perfect life, died the horrible death to take on our punishment. Every once in a while in my family, I get to see a little glimpse of this sacrifice and a beautiful moment. Um, I have a two-year-old, Isaiah, and he loves to dump toys out of the toy baskets 
and he's definitely not specifically looking for a certain toy. He definitely doesn't sit down and then play with all those toys. No, no. He's just dumping them all over the living room floor so that there's not one square inch left to walk on. So that when you do, you step on something and it feels like your foot is being stabbed with like the most powerful material in all of creation. Right, parents? So after I've stepped on about 95% of them, I say to Isaiah, hey, buddy, time to clean up in my most loving way. And Isaiah inevitably always gives this answer, I can't clean all this up my own self. And I inevitably tell him, well, you made the mess your own self, which is true. And every once in a while, I don't even know why, Every once in a while, his older sister, Abigail, will say, it's okay, Mom, I'll clean up for Isaiah. And I go, huh, that's really nice of her. I don't know why. She didn't make the mess, but she volunteers. I'll clean up for Isaiah. Okay. It's pretty cool. Church, that's what Jesus did for us. He didn't make a mess of this life. We do. We sin. We make a constant mess of everything. But he says, it's okay. I'll clean up for you. I'll take on the punishment that you deserve because I love you, because I care about you, I created you, and I want to know you. That is the beauty that we see in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And this is my prayer today, guys that even as familiar as these stories are, let it never be just, oh, yeah, 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 I've heard that. Yep, I know Jesus redeems me. Let the truth of what that really means sink in. We were supposed to be separated from our creator for all of eternity, broken off, cut off because of sin. I'm going to illustrate that with a nice rope here. Um, we saw in the garden that when Jesus created, when God created us, um, we were in perfect unity with him, right? And everything was, was perfect. But then, what entered? There you go. See, the kids know that they can answer me. That's totally fine with me. Um, sin. Yep, sin entered. And so we see that there was a severing of perfection, a brokenness that came into our world. And so now, it's no longer one beautiful piece, one beautiful world, it's two. And so how do we fix that? Well, we just tie it together, right? We'll fix it. Right? Is it fixed, Silas? Yeah. Now it's one piece again. But is it perfect? No, it's not. It's not the perfect creation that God had designed. This is how people fix things, right? We mend them, we just kind of put them back together and there's sometimes an ugliness left from the hurt that's been caused. This is not God's design. But the beauty of the God we serve is that he doesn't just fix things like humans do. He restores things. He puts things back to perfection. Don't you love the verse in the Bible that talks about the Holy Spirit at salvation coming to live in us as a deposit? It's just the start. There is so much more. 
that someday we will be restored to our creator. We will live in perfection with him someday in heaven. Don't you look forward to that? I sure do. And so this might be how we fix things. Put the two pieces together. It's one again. But not with God. God says, nope. I make things perfect. I take things and I restore them back to the way that they are supposed to be. One piece. One perfect creation. The way that you were meant to be. That's God's plan for you. As we close up, it's kind of cool, you can clap at that. As we close, there's something that we like to do with the kids, right? We don't want them to just sit and listen the whole time. We want them to respond to what God is doing in their life. And so we're going to ask you to do the same today. They're going to get ready to pass out some papers to you. And Chris, if you want to put that down for me again, that would be great. We have these walls up here that we're going to ask you to write on a piece of paper and then put it on either one. There's clothespins, or these are post-its. You can stick it wherever um, on the frame. But we have a forgiveness wall, and we have a thanksgiving wall. So some of you have sin in your life that you need to confess, that you need to say, God, I renounce that. I want to get rid of it. Please take it from me. There is something so important about confession, church. Repentance, the turning away from the things that we do that we should not. And so if you need to confess today and write a prayer to God of confession, you can put that right up on the forgiveness wall. But maybe today you are just so elated with what God has done for you. You're so thankful. Your heart is just brimming with joy that you want to write a prayer of thanks or joy, and you can put that right on the Thanksgiving wall. Maybe you are so excited about what God did for you You can't wait to go tell someone else. And God is telling you someone right now, giving you the picture or a name in your head of someone that you need to share the truth of the gospel with. Maybe that's who you're going to write down or pray for right now to put on that wall. You can see that in our first service, the adults responded and had this moment, just like we do downstairs, of prayer and self-reflection. And so hopefully you all have a piece of paper. Hopefully you have a pen. I think there's some in the seats. And what we're asking you to do is just you and God, just get alone for a second. Close your eyes, focus in, pray about what it is that you need to respond with. Write it down and bring it up. After you have finished and you've brought this up, if you want prayer, we are here. We have both adults and kids that love to pray with people and call out to God with people and agree with you in prayer. So after we do a little bit of response time, church, I'll close us in a prayer and a blessing. But right now, for the next few minutes, let's respond to what God's talking to us about in our own hearts. Come when you're ready.
So just like as I teach the kids downstairs, right now while we're still in this response time, if you're done coming up and putting your thing, if you could just bow your heads and continue in an attitude of prayer, that would be great. We appreciate it. I know we have a few more that are coming. Thank you for responding. after a response time like this downstairs, we would break into small groups. And that gives the kids an opportunity to apply the truth that they've learned, that they've responded to. Now, how do I really make that real in my everyday life? And so I'm gonna challenge you guys to do the same. We're not gonna break into small groups right now, but what I'm asking you to do is if God spoke to you today or challenged you today on something, would you tell someone because we all need accountability. It is a huge, very important part of our Christian lives that somebody would hold us accountable to the work that God is doing in our life. If you had a truth revealed to you of something that you need to work on, get someone to tell. That's what we are here for, to love each other and stand together with each other through struggles, to pray and believe for freedom and release from all those things that we maybe wrote down today. So would you, would you consider doing that as you go? Let's pray, and then we'll do our ending blessing like we like to do with the kids. Father, thank you again for your presence in this place, for meeting with us, for revealing truth to us. I pray that the things that were illuminated to us today would see much fruit in the future that the things that you told us we need to work on or confess and get rid of, that we would be faithful to do that, that we wouldn't just declare it today and then leave and live the same way. No. Holy Spirit, I pray for your motivation and your wisdom to follow through the things that we need to rid ourselves of so that you can be honored, you can be glorified in our lives, oh God. I thank you for awakening the truth of who you are and the fact that you redeem us in our lives today. And so I pray that the joy and the thanksgiving that pours out from that would be contagious to those around us. That truly you would be honored in our workplaces, in our families. God, we need you to be the center of our families. 
We are in desperate need of you for that. Would you bring healing to broken relationships? Holy Spirit, we need your peace in our homes. And we invite you to come be the center of our homes. God, I pray that we would be faithful to give testimony about the work you are doing in our lives so again, you would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we'd like to read, you guys can sit right down, yeah, thanks. We'd like to read from the Bible to kind of end our day together and then speak some kind of blessing over the kids or a challenge over them. So today we're going to read from Romans 5, verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. It's good news. Let me read it again. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. The blessing I want to speak over you today is this. May you know God as your Redeemer. May you live in the victory that was won for you on the cross by Jesus Christ. And may the Holy Spirit empower you to bring his truth and love to others this week. You are free to go, to fellowship with each other. Thank you for being here with us on our GKD Takeover Sunday. Be blessed as you go.